My name is Christian Puckett. This is Peacekeeper. So much to catch up on. Oh my goodness. Let's just get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is the podcast. You already know. You already know. (laughs) (laughs) The notoriety. um, Ryan Wilson. Hello. Live in the studio. Yeah. I like the studio a lot. Should I turn off the heater? No, I feel great. Short spoiler, man. Mid 60s, March. Oh my goodness. Top the, half, the weather cozy, is great. Bottom today. half takes care of itself. Yeah. Taking off the shoes for the podcast, huh? Yeah. I don't want to, like, you know, stump oh, sure. softer. Just shows how comfortable you are in this environment. Yeah, I walked right in. Didn't ring the doorbell. But sure also, did. ringing the doorbell of a house that has kids. Right. That's risky because you it. might be disturbing a nap. Our doorbell doesn't work at my house. Did you disable it? No. It just doesn't work. You don't want to fix it. No. Yeah. I just thought it was like a fruitless venture. Yeah. I don't need a doorbell. Yeah. People can knock. Yeah. It works great. People can walk in. <laughs> I don't care. What's up? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I haven't <laughs> seen you in a long time. Yeah. Uh, last time we chatted, it was when I called you. It was... Oh, we did chat on the phone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about my old pal, Christian. Yeah. So how you were doing? You were doing great. I seemed to be doing well at that time. Yeah. That was in the middle of my parental leave. At that time? Not anymore? Well, I'm just back at work now. Oh, yeah, you know. know. Yeah. Oh, you started yesterday, right? <laughs> I think because I saw Emily last week and she said you were starting on Sunday. The Lord's Day. Yeah. My dad invited me to church that day. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm going back to work. <laughs> Um, Where would you rather be? Work or church? Work or church. That's a good question. Probably work. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dude, it was so weird being back there. It was literally like I never left. Just right back to it. That's just the retail life. Oh, my gosh. It just never ends. Just It's always the same, and you're just always replaceable. Oh, my goodness. So replaceable like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's yeah, it's relentless. The grocery industry. Yeah, how mu- I mean, I don't know how much we want to delve into Whole Foods stuff. Sure, don't. I mean that's could last the whole podcast. It, I it would make for a really could. toxic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, it's um, it's tough because that's so much of our lives, mm. and we have so much <laughs> connection over that. Mm. But also at the same time, it's like. We can also connect and level as as friends, as oh, human yeah. beings, as, as fathers, as people living in New Mexico. We have a lot of other similarities besides, I mean, look at us both drinking our coffee. Two white guys drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so much in common. Maybe that'll be the title of the podcast. <laughs> it could be. Could be. Um, I know you only be back for a day, but, and it's obviously nice to just have vacation and enjoy your new baby, but mm. like, are you a guy that just would rather work? Or could you be the stay-at-home dad? That's a good question. I couldn't. You couldn't be the stay-at-home sure dad. Short answer if we can expand on that, but I want to hear. Sure, it I, like, I like how you ask and then you answer for yourself first. Yeah, you kind of slotted not, that in. I'm real not quick. elaborating, but yeah, I'm just like. <laughs> you were still tossing it to me. Yeah. Interjected, but then you ultimately it's my gave nature. It to me. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you're a good supervisor on the front end. Yeah, just all the chat. <laughs> Um, I could, I could do it if I had to, obviously, but I think 
now that I'm getting back into the rhythm of working, I think it's good for me to get up early and consistent, like get up early at at a consistent time, probably go to bed at a consistent time. Uh, Just the structure of, okay, getting to work at 5 a.m. every single day or Mm. not every day, but five days a week. And then that kind of bleeds into my days off. So I woke up at five o'clock this morning and got some work done. So I think just entering this next chapter of like, it was, it was incredible having almost two months off, Yeah, but also it was kind of a roller coaster just mentally for me because it was just, it just, my schedule was upended. And so now that I'm getting back into it, I think, I think I just need to level out again. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's time off, but really it's like time on. Yeah, because you're readjust, like readjusting because you've really settled into this time with having one kid and then you've just like, you know, added a body. Added a body. Added a nap schedule, added a mouth to feed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot. Shout out to our wives. Shout out to the wives. Emily, when she came in, she was just thriving. Yeah. She does great. Yeah. I mean, just she that seems like just wrapped up. Yeah, just chilling. She's chilling, smile on her face. She's a trooper. She's yeah. a good sport. Nothing but love for Emily. I would um, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great. I mean, she has agreed to take the kids out for a couple hours on Monday morning so that I mm. can I can record. And then, I mean, just besides that, she's watching the kids for almost nine hours. Yeah. I guess I'm getting up super early. So, I mean, at least until I get home at around two o'clock, does the house get up when you get up or does no one really? No, I think, I think everybody starts to emerge around six to seven Mm. and I'm going to be getting up at four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you're back. It's good to be back. I'll be glad to see you. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like people were, relatively pleased to see me, which is a good feeling. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. I hope to bring back a positive spirit with me. Mm. It's up to me, right, to create the team and the environment that I want to work in. Yeah. Uh, Because if I don't, it'll slide into something that is not pleasant. Yeah. Rather old school, if I will. Right. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. It's the classic. It's the grind. It's the grind. Yeah, but I mean, all things considered, it's not, it's not bad. Yeah. But how's life? Hmm. With two boys. The two boys. Aesop and Ira. Pals. Yeah. 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 Aesop will like pretend to hold him, mm. which is really sweet. Even, even though he just like sits and you like put him on his lap. Yeah, yeah. plop him on top and mm-hmm. he thinks that he's being helpful. Yeah. But he's always there during diaper changes to yeah. supervise. Um, yeah. He's a good little kid. Uh, sometimes, I mean, so Ira is for sure more fussy than Aesop. Mm. And we're learning with Ira how much of a golden god Aesop was. Yeah. Aesop was the dream child. He was so just calm and mm. chill and uh happy 
and just happy to go along with the ride. Pleasant baby, barely fussed. Ira is a big crier. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I mean, yeah, we Babies. all could use a cry every once in a while. Sure. But also he's born peak winter. I mean, that would, yeah. that would be a bummer, right? You're yeah. Cold. You, you emerge from this warm environment to this cold, mm-hmm. windy desert. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like infancy is just so bizarre because it's just like, here's this unstable thing mm. that you've got to keep alive until they can eat normal food. And a lot of that's obviously on Emily unless she's pumping. I don't know what the situation with that is with you guys. But yeah, she's breastfeeding. Yeah. So it's just like, if they cry, they cry. If they don't, great. Yeah. If they sleep through the night, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if not, just got to suck it up until they finally decide to do it. Yeah. And then they'll probably regress. Yeah. And what's great with Ira is that he's an excellent, excellent eater. Mm. And he's gaining weight way faster than Aesop. So it's not a, it doesn't seem like he's, uh, you know, uncomfortable mm-hmm. or trying to communicate to us that he, something's wrong it just seems like he's stretching his vocal whatever it is yeah. and but he's gaining weight he's a big old boy yeah he's losing his hair he has a bunch of acne i feel bad for oh, the guy yeah aesop was just like mm, love the kid and and during this this time off that i had aesop and i really bonded yeah because i kind of just he was just yeah, my buddy you got to yeah you know i i woke him up i got him dressed changed his diaper made him breakfast we would mm-hmm. go on a walk i'd put him down for a nap i'd put him down for bed and emily was kind of just on ira duty yeah does she miss aesop or did she well there was a point where anytime aesop would start freaking out mm-hmm. or crying or voicing his frustration it would kind of grind emily's ear Mm -hmm. and i felt the same way with ira whereas anytime ira started fussing i could listen to aesop cry all day Mm -hmm. but when the newborn was doing it i was like i i don't understand why you're fussing yeah you have everything you need yeah so so we kind of i could kind of tune into aesop's cries and emily could tune into ira's cries uh, but now that Emily's on full-time double baby duty, yeah, uh, she says that uh, Aesop does better when it's, it appears that he does better when it's just one of us watching him. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel that sometimes. Sometimes when Courtney and I are doing bedtime and we're both in the room, I just remove myself from the room because it just gets a little chaotic. Yeah get a little snippy with each other when things like, you know, she has one idea about how to put her down. I have another. Yeah. So I'm just saying I'm going to remove myself from this space. Give Corny the reins. Much calmer. Are you a good dad? I think I'm a good dad. Yeah. Love my kids. Yeah. The kids are pretty sick right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So you didn't tell me that when you showed up. You could be transmitting oh, your kid's no. sickness to me right now. No, no, no. I spaced this about yeah, yeah. eight feet apart, so I think yeah, we're, we're it's perfect. Good. No, there's just something going on. No, I get that. Yeah, kids are always sick. Yeah, and it's just like, when they do, it just like, so we're like in 
we're probably like 10 days in, mm-hmm. maybe a little more. 10 days into the sickness? Yeah, Lara's, wow. Lara's pretty much in the clear. But I asked her, got it worse. Courtney took her to the doctor, actually, like five, six days ago. Mm. And they were like, yeah, she's got a virus. Mm. It's going around right now. Yeah. We were like, great. It's winter. Yeah. But she's just been so sad. Yeah. And so, like, just napping so much. And then she'll just, like, wake up in the night and she'll just be like, I want juice. So we're just, like, giving her Pedialyte, like, over and over just to, like, keep her hydrated. Mm. But, like, it's really nice because they sleep more. <laughs> snuggles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like I, like, I got to get to hold the girls every now and then. But they're old enough now that they don't really want to be, like, held and... Yeah. But Aster just like wants to be held right now and it's great. And then yeah. the other day, like she was like, I said to her, do you want to go in the crib or do you want to nap with daddy? And she was like, nap with daddy. And I was like, yes, that's a good feeling. So nice. Yeah. 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 Cause they don't typically, they just have so much energy usually that it's impossible to sit down and watch an entire movie or yeah. lay yeah. on the couch for a while or take a nap together. Yeah. But so, yeah. only when they're sick is when, their energy is just completely depleted. So mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, you know what? We're kicking it back today. Yeah. And I love playing and running around with them, but like snuggles. Every once in a while. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. You a big snuggler? Oh, yeah. With the girls? Oh, absolutely. With select people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, Courtney and I will snuggle, but like then it's like, hey, I want to go to sleep. Get over there. Sure. <laughs> Good night. You have a queen bed or a king bed? Queen. Yeah. Kings same. Are too big. I mean, I would love to, I mean, yeah, our room would not fit a king, but long-term goals, I would love to have a king. Yeah? Yeah. Just to, like, have all your space? I mean, it's not like I don't have enough space, Mm. but it would kind of be nice to be able to sprawl a little bit more than I'm allotted on a queen. Mm. You don't have to. I'm like, how hard are you trying to sprawl? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. How much space do you yeah, that was California actually, king. That was one of the questions I had for you. Is yeah, are you a king or a queen? Oh yeah, bed type of guy. I mean, if there was a king there, sure. But if Courtney and I are going to actively go and purchase a bed, which They're we probably wouldn't need to for a long time, yeah, queen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm relatively familiar with your life story. I think mm. maybe to my knowledge, maybe I'm not. Um, but yeah, I'm we talked about it on another podcast that one time. What what could you possibly be talking about? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time ever having you on a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm joking. No, we had we had uh, Levi and I had mm-hmm. Ryan Wilson on yeah. stamina podcast. It's a lot of fun. It was like a year ago, maybe maybe a little bit less more than, than that. that. Maybe oh yeah. Well, because we started it in February. Oh sure. And we went a decent stretch. I think you were maybe around 10 or 15 or something like that. Uh, so it was probably less time. than a year ago. Long podcast. Yeah, that was one of the longest podcasts we did. Yeah. Until the end there. Um, but this is a whole new audience of my family. Mm. <laughs> and select random people. Your family didn't listen to the Stamina podcast? I think that, no, they did. Mm. I'm, I don't know if they listened to your episode. Oh. That's a whole other thing. They would mainly tune in for just the boys episodes. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, I actually don't know. But for anybody curious, 
what's your if you could summarize your life in five to ten sentences mm. how would you describe it sure uh born and raised in northern ireland okay that's one sentence i'm just kidding well i was gonna what about commas you know okay i was actually i was just back in ireland two weeks ago why i know why yeah, yeah. my my grandmother passed away so we went back real quick for that which was so good sad circumstance sure but just like going back she died on a sunday booked the tickets that day flew out on monday wow yeah flew out the next day um because i don't i feel like i haven't been to that many funerals here which is a good thing sure um but i don't really remember how they work like what the time frame is because like she died on Sunday. We buried her on Thursday. So the okay. funeral turn turnaround's pretty quick. Um so I wanted to get there as soon as I could. Yeah. Um so we got flew out on Monday, arrived on Tuesday because you lose a day when you fly that way. Um did all of like spent a lot of time in Bangor, which is where my mom's from and where all her family lives essentially, close to Belfast. From like Tuesday through Thursday. Funeral being on Thursday. Did a lot of stuff related to that those days and then friday through sunday just got to chill yeah go on walks woke up in the mornings there's just like this fog Mm. really pretty courtney doesn't really like to go walk too much here because you've got to like go somewhere to walk really in albuquerque like neighborhood walks are fine but like yeah i understand whereas back at home we can just walk out the door and you're just surrounded by fields yeah. and it's just really pretty and green. So. Did you go by yourself or did the whole family no, go? No, Courtney came. We left the girls. Okay. They stayed with Courtney's parents, um, which was good because it would have just been so hectic. Oh, I could only imagine. Yeah. We're going to take them in the summer, but I just didn't want there to be any like distractions from the focal point for which we were there, which was for me to be there for my mom. Um, but yeah, we, Courtney and I just got a lot of good time together, which mm. we don't just get to do things the two of us that often. And then she just, Courtney does really, she loves obviously the kids, but she just can breathe so much more when the kids aren't there. Oh yeah. So she was just like really just herself at ease. Mm. Like before kids came, like, yeah. like how it was before. Yeah. Because kids. when we're home with the kids. She's just like got the kids on her mind, worried about them, got that motherly demeanor, obviously. But when we were there, it was just, she was just able to sit on the couch, drink her tea, go on walks, just really just be. Yeah. We only talked to the kids like one time. They like, I think they FaceTimed us because Courtney was like, I just want to like be separated and not, be like really involved so they don't they don't get sad because like i think we got on facetime and then like two seconds later astra was just like mommy feed me and courtney got really sad because she was worried that she would like her supply would dry up oh interesting yeah from across the planet yeah yeah Mm. so she didn't dry up because she actually took like a pump to keep the supply fluent sure can't stop that train yeah because it will just dry up um but yeah, it was just so refreshing. We saw some friends um, just over those like three days. Went to the northern coastline. Got in the got in the ocean. Some of our friends have kids now, which is really fun. Mm. So got to see um, one of my 
best friends growing up, this guy Michael, he had had a kid, um, little Frankie, got to hold him and then he was snuggling, which is so nice. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was just really refreshing just to like go back home. Yeah. Were you close with your grandma? Oh, yeah, Dewey. Oh, yeah. You were? Okay. Oh, yeah. Dewey was great. Did that affect you pretty good? Um, Losing a grandparent? Last grandparent. Really? Yeah. No more. Courtney has, Courtney's grand, Courtney's dad's dad is still around, but. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, it was funny because I felt like I did, I didn't cry once when I was in Ireland. Not that I was trying to be this like pillar of strength for my mom, but also I just kind of was. And I felt like I did a lot of grieving before I left. Before you left Ireland? Before or I left, yeah. Before I left here to go back to Ireland. Oh, okay. Because so she was in hospital. Like, out of your system. Yeah, it was like on my radar that it was going to happen. Um, even at work, um, one of the ladies that we that we work with, she like, she was like, um, you just seem so sad, baby. And I was like, yeah, but don't talk about it. But I feel like I was <laughs> like showing that a lot and I wasn't trying to, but yeah, it was just on my mind a lot. It was really sad. Um, did a lot of crying. I think my mom called me and told me that she was like terminal on a Thursday. And then obviously that Sunday, like three days after she passed away. Um, so in between that time, I just was like really burdened by that then. Got a lot out of, out of my system then and then went to Ireland. It was pretty, just with a lot of clarity. Yeah. Sad, obviously, but going there just on a mission just to like hold my mom. Yeah. Let her feel what she needed to feel. Because her and her siblings, they're all, they're Hendersons. And the Hendersons, they're like farming family. So they're just like busy. So they just like drown all of their emotions in busyness. So like as soon as I got there, they were like trying to fix me lunch. Like, can I get you a cup of tea? Like Mm. everyone's getting tea for each other. No one can sit down (laughs) and just like allow themselves to feel the sadness. And then we went into the church um, on the Wednesday before the funeral. And then they were like playing some music that they were going to play like as we were exiting the church. And then my mom like started like getting emotional. And then her sister walked past her and she was like, you stop that now. Like said it to her friend. <laughs> Not like angrily, but just like in a loving sort of way that they would. But it was just like. Just like don't show any emotion. Yeah. Man. So it's just like a picture of that. That they just like wouldn't let themselves feel that. So Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I man, it just like actually birthed a really good conversation for Courtney and I about just like what I perceive to be like resilience because I just have seen these like mother figures, women in my life, just like bury their emotions. Mm. So that's to me what resilience is, just like being able to get on with it. So Courtney and I actually had a really good conversation about like her own resilience and how that's different to what my picture of resilience is and how I'm trying to learn okay. to be more warm to that. So idea. what is Courtney's type of Courtney resilience? Feel, Courtney feels all of her emotions. Okay. She allows herself to be sad about situations that are more like like anxiety and other stuff like that. That would get her down. Yeah. And that's just different to what I grew up with. Courtney and I have been together for a long time now, obviously, so I'm really used to that. Um, But it's just interesting. 
when she gets to see me in that environment and see those ladies and we like eye roll about the fact that they just don't let themselves feel anything but sometimes I see that as strength right. even though I would scold my mum and be like you can feel sad your mum just died yeah that's fine so like do you think if you started to tear up or allow yourself to wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit that would be potentially perceived as a sign of weakness I wouldn't really care about perceptions. I would just feel it in myself, just being like, yeah, stop. But what's wrong with showing emotion? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, like, I, I wouldn't be worried about what people think. Like, if people see me cry, that's fine. But I'm more just like, if I start to cry, I'm just like, you're fine. Yeah. Just get on with so it. So you're not a big crier? No. No. When's the last time you cried? I mean, I think when, during that weekend. When you heard the news that you're probably yeah. not going to be able to say goodbye to your grandma. Yeah. But we had talked to her. It was just so like, even prior to that, I would like call my mom and then she would, she she was just exhausted. She was so exhausted. She would like cry to me on the phone. And that would make me sad because I wanted to be there for her. So then like, I would hang up. I would not let her see me cry because I just wanted her to like not worry about me. I wanted her to just be able to feel everything that she was feeling. So I would get off the phone, cry to myself, but then also like at home, I just wouldn't want like the girls to see me crying about it. Not because I don't want to see them them to see me cry, but just because I don't want to have to like explain death yeah, to like my three my topic. three and one year old. You know, yeah, it was weird because like. So we talked to Dewey, I talked to her on Thursday when mom told me she was terminal, then we called her on Saturday, the day before she died, to so that like the kids could say goodbye to her essentially. And then when I was prefacing like the call to Lara and asked her, I was like, hey, like Astra doesn't really get it too much obviously, but Lara's more comprehensive of what's happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Lara, so Dewey's really sick. So I just want you to like be really like present when you're talking to her rather than like being distracted by TV, by toys, whatever. Yeah. So has she met her before? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. She knows exactly who she is. And then we've, she's FaceTimed her so many times over the years as she's been alive. Um, so I just want her to be really intentional and she really was, it was really nice. But I think even after the fact she didn't get it. So when we got back from Ireland, um, my mom had given us just this candle from Dewey's house that had like bunnies on it so my mom was like I just think this would be really nice to give to the girls mm. so we got back um, gave Lara the candle I don't think Courtney was in the room at the time when I gave it to her um, but then Courtney came in and she was like mommy look Dewey got me this candle Aww. and I was like that's so sweet and then I wanted to call my mom and just like see how she would react to that as well and it was just really cute so I don't think I don't think they know that Dewey's not around anymore but I don't necessarily think they'd be like really sad to like go back to Ireland and be like, where's Dewey? And she's, we'll be like, she's not around anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. When my mom's parents died, they died relatively close together. Mm. I think they're in their later eighties and this was maybe, maybe 10 years ago. But at the time, 
I didn't think anything of it. I was just sure. going to a funeral. Oh yeah. I mean, I was close with my, my grandparents, mm. but it didn't really phase me that they're gone and that I won't have access to talking to them anymore or mm. just like stuff like that. And so I have, I have one grandparent left. Yeah. Shout out to Nana. Yeah. Lives up in San Isidro with my parents, my dad's mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, I mean, even when Emily's mom passed away, mm. yeah, I, f- I feel like it took me about a week to let it all out. And it, it was like a delayed response of me showing my emotion yeah. because I, maybe I felt something similar of just, I kind of have to, to the best of my ability and to the best way I know how be a a pillar or yeah. uh, show some strength when everybody else around me is feeling so heavily and mm-hmm. the emotions are so intense. And so I tried my best to just keep things going along. But um, yeah, it took just like this random um, something minuscule where that kind of like tipped me over the edge. And then I just started bawling because mm. it was just such a heavy week. And then, once I started crying, I would cry like every day mm. for a few days. Oh, so, like wow. they kind of opened up the the floodgates, sure. if you will. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, at the funeral, I was, I feel like I got, typically my crying cycles go, I have just this, it's like building up over time. Mm. And then I have this big, big cry. Yeah. Tears. I, it, you know, lasts for maybe 10, 15 minutes or something, but then it like goes away. And from there, I, I mostly got it out of my system and then we'll have little peaks here and there, but it's typically builds up to one big, Mm -hmm. let me get it all out. Yeah. Um, but that was probably the last time I like really cried. Yeah. I don't tend to be a big crier every once in a while I'll I'll tear up, but Mm -hmm. as far as bawling you know <laughs> i'll cry at movies every now and then i used to not do that but movies are getting me nowadays really yeah just the actors i'm just like really involved oh we're not going to talk about that no no just sorry kidding. life no, story talk about that. segwayed oh yeah so you're from island <laughs> <laughs> you want me to talk about that part or the cry at movies you can go wherever you want i don't yeah. care i don't remember the last movie that i cried at maybe hmm moonlight I watched Moonlight ages ago. I can't even remember my experience of watching it now. Did you watch it recently? No, but I just remember crying at that movie. Um, I don't know if I cried at Banshees. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Banshees of Inisherin. Is that a newer? Yeah, film? Irish movie. Mm-mm. You don't like the Irish? Not a big fan, Why honestly. I, um, <laughs> I think I might have cried at that. And then... There's this Norwegian movie I saw at the Guild called The Worst Person in the World. It got me. Just performances were just so good. Yeah. I don't know where, where that movie is now. I don't know where to watch it, but I'd highly recommend. Even the way it was... Cinematography is great and the way it's like broken up. It's like into like t- chapters, essentially, like book. It's like 12 chapters in the movie itself. Yeah. It's really interesting. But yeah. Other than that, not a huge crier. It takes like big things. Like, I know even when you talk, spoke about grief a second ago, like saying that you're 
response is delayed. I feel like I have the same sort of, and there's no real trigger for it. But when it happens, it just like happens. Yeah. And then even, even Courtney, like court, like I grew up with Dewey, like that's like my grandmother. Courtney had a lot of interactions with her, obviously, but the time was much shorter. But Courtney was like really emotional about it. And I feel like it was weird because I, yeah, I, my singular focus was to be with my mom, not like allowing myself to feel those things or even like being supportive to Courtney because Courtney obviously needs to grieve my grandmother. It was weird. Yeah. Just, you've got to share yourself to so many people in that situation. But also, it's like, funerals are also so goofy. And what it was. Mean, what, what do you mean by that? Just so, like, me and. Um, so, Dewey's kids, my mom and her two sisters and one brother, mm-hmm. um, were in, like, the receiving line as people walked in the church. And then me, and then, like, a lot of my male cousins. So, like, it was my mom and her siblings, and then me, then my dad, and then two of my cousins, and then my brother. So, there's just a, this whole slew of people who are walking in. Like all these old assembly line going down this line, they'd be like shaking my hand, like "Sorry for your loss." Who are you? Like I'd be like, "Oh, I'm like I'm Carl's son," and then they move on to my dad, and he'd be like, "Oh, I'm Carl's husband," and then they move on to the next guy, like, "Oh, you must be like Carl's other son," and they're like, "No, he's down there," and it was just like this whole cluster of just like ah, giving their condolences to people they think or or they know are associated somehow, but not really sure exactly people who I think I've seen before, but I like vaguely remember them yeah. um, and they're offering condolences so it was really funny actually telling Courtney and all the, the other people just about like how goofy the receiving line was how much of a mess it was and then I was like sneezing because like allergies and then you know sneezing and then shaking hands <laughs> old people are still a little bit funny about stuff so like there's this like sanitizer thing behind me and it was just a mess but it was also really cool and kind of a picture of times now that so like I came back from America. <clears throat> my uncle um, currently lives in Montserrat, which is in the Caribbean. Another one of my cousins is in Dubai. Oh, okay. So like people are just like scattered all over the world, but they're coming back for this like singular thing, mm. which I find really beautiful. Um, Dewey didn't actually die until so like. My mom and her sisters were there the whole time because they live in Northern Ireland. And then my uncle came back from Montserrat, got there, went straight to the hospital like two hours before she passed away. So like she saw him and then she died essentially. Mm. <clears throat> Which I find really, really beautiful because it's like she wasn't ready to go until she saw all the yeah. people she needed to see. Um, but not you. Not me, no. Yeah, that's important. Well, I, th- I thought about going back before the fact, but I'm like, I'm not going to go and then like, she doesn't die. Right. And then I'm like not there for the funeral. I guess it would have been weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I figured I would just wait until I heard, heard the word. Um, I mean, that's what Emily's sister did for Ira's birth was that she came way too early and then Ira didn't end up coming. So yeah. she just went back to Nashville and totally missed the birth. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And it, it could have worked out differently, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, I just feel like it's so different to what it would be what would have been sorry like 50 years ago because i feel like dewey's husband my grandfather he was like 
just like enamored by Courtney when he first met her. Courtney mm. came in and she's like American. Yeah. And he was like Whoa. blown away by her. Really? Oh yeah. He would he just thought she was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his whole entire life. Courtney still says to this day that he's like paid her the greatest compliment that she's ever received because he was like she would look good in a bin bag. He just said Wait, that what's in his a bin ra- bag. Uh, trash bag. <laughs> okay. Like if she were oh, that, okay. Yeah. Right, right. So like that's fine. Um <laughs> And then when he first met her, like he was going on about like um, John Wayne and how he loved John Wayne. And then he went upstairs. He's an old man at this time, so he was pretty decrepit. But he went upstairs, came downstairs with this like watch. This is like apparently his most prized possession. Mm. First time he met Courtney, he wanted to show it to her. I said, Papa, I didn't even know you liked John Wayne. I've known him my whole life and he never mentioned it. He meets Courtney one time and he's telling her all about it, showing her it. Yeah. So he just like really took a shine to her. And I feel like, mum, we had this conversation just about how in his time it would have been so crazy to have been, like, with, like, a foreigner. Yeah. So exotic. Because everyone's just very, like, growing up as a farmer in Northern Ireland, like, in the 50s or 60s, you just are expected, or it's pretty much expected that you would marry a Northern Irish girl. Yeah. Or stay in your relative vicinity. Yeah. Stay within your community, essentially. So then to just see all of these people come back from all of these places, because the world is just so small now. Yeah. It just seems so easy. But everyone comes back for this singular thing to celebrate Dewey's life, and I find that really fun. Well, that actually kind of connects to a question I actually have on here. Oh, yeah. If I may. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're from Northern Ireland. Yeah, you can say that. Okay, you're from Ireland. Yeah. And I feel that same way about this small community of Albuquerque and of living in New Mexico. And every once in a while, whenever a foreigner enters the picture, it's always just so interesting because it's like, why of all places on this very small and very large planet would you choose to end up in New Mexico? And I know there's, well, I'll just let you say the story. Getting back to my life story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to edit that. Oh, that was good. Oh, sorry. Okay, good. It was you don't have a cough button? I would have pressed it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, so I um, did all of my growing up in Ballymena, my hometown. Um, and then uni, college, went to London, um, got a journalism degree. Not using that. Sure not at Whole Foods. No. No interest at all. Did it because that's what they told me I should do. Yeah. Um, And then Courtney was studying abroad uh, my first year. And then she was doing anthropology. And then we got together. And then she came back here. And we did long distance. Um, And then we both graduated. And then when we did graduate... um. I obviously finished in London, really loved London, didn't really see myself going back to Ireland. Um, She loved London too, but we didn't know what we wanted to do. Um, And it's just a very expensive place to live if you're just going to kind of freeball it. Yeah. Uh, So we decided that we'd live here, getting married, um, because Courtney's from here. So 2014, I moved my life from London to here. 
and I've been here ever since. And we don't really have an interest in going anywhere else. I don't really see myself living anywhere else in America, really. Why is that? Why? I just, I don't see a point. Have you done other exploring and traveling within America? I mean, I'm sure yeah. you have a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we essentially go up to Durango pretty much every year. Um, Courtney and I have taken a trip to like Utah. We've been to, I've been to Phoenix a lot. I've been to LA. Um, Pretty Southwest focused. Well, yeah. And then we went, we've been to Maryland where a lot of Courtney's mom's family's from. Um, She was in North Carolina, actually just a little bit before we went to Ireland. Um, And it's really nice up there. I just, I don't see a point in leaving. Because of the roots you have here, because of the connections, the family ties. Yeah, in some ways that, but also it's just like the family support is really good for kids. Um, I wouldn't really change that for the world. But also, I'm just I don't know the only real because I would maybe move to LA for like the acting, but also I, when I went to LA, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's just really dirty, very dirty, and it's just. It's like, I really love London and like New York and that style of like city, like a metropolis, but I feel like LA is so different because it's probably more populated, I would say, than New York. Maybe I'm wrong, Um, but it's just like a different environment. I feel like it's also, it's similar to that of Albuquerque in terms of landscape, apart from the ocean obviously being there, but yeah, it just, it just didn't really do it for me when I was there. I mean, I was in Beverly Hills and I was like a film festival and doing the whole movie thing and it was just really crowded. I don't mind mind crowds, but when people are like in your face, like trying to like give you their mixtape and trying to perform for you and do all this kind Mm, of stuff, just trying to make it in LA, that's cool. But I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't be berated as I'm walking down the street. Right. And raising kids is a whole other story. Yeah. And to be in one of the nicer and cleaner areas in LA, you probably have to be making <laughs> much more oh, money yeah. than at least I'm making. Probably have to drop like three quarters of a million for something probably this size, maybe smaller than what, what you guys I think. Ran. I think way more than that. Way more? I think so. I, I mean, I've I, never looked, but uh, it's, I guess I haven't looked in a while, but I think last time I checked just a regular, very, regular standard house was like a million dollars or something Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Obviously that's very location dependent, but um, yeah, the last time I was in LA, it kind of just, I was so just kind of confused because the air quality and the pollution Mm -hmm. and I guess, yeah, just how um, much like trash there was and the Mm -hmm. conditions of living like, we were in a nicer area, but also there's like nicer areas next to not so nice areas. And yeah. But it was just like, how do y'all live in this? It's, it's crazy. But I left that trip and this was like maybe a year ago, just with no desire to ever, I mean, I'll, I'll visit, yeah. but I have no desire to live there. Um, if I did, I also understand that there's other, there are appealing aspects of living in California, like the weather. And yeah. so, I would maybe consider moving to California, but it would probably have to be a more obscure, smaller city, Mm. not like a big San Francisco or LA. I don't know. I just, not that I'm, 
I mean, I'm just totally content wherever I am. If Courtney decided one day, hey, let's up and move to somewhere, I'm sure I would be totally fine. Doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me where I am, but I've also got no desire to be anywhere else. If that makes sense. I feel like people get like discontented and will just move. Sometimes people will be like, I hate Albuquerque. I've got to get out of here, which I mean, it's fine. But I just have, I don't feel that way at all. I love Albuquerque. So from an outsider's perspective on New Mexico, what are some appealing aspects? What are some benefits or pros about, about living here? It's just really beautiful here. The mountain's pretty. The like yeah. the climate's pretty nice. I'm a guy who likes to ride a bike. It's pretty bike friendly. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't done the schooling yet for my kids, so I have no knowledge of that really because mm-hmm. Courtney went to a private school. Um, so I don't know how that would look and how pleased I would be come time when the kids are in school. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I like the spots. I like the community that I've built for us, essentially. Um, yeah, it's all about, it's more so just about the people who are here. And I love the people. Do you think there's something unique about the people in New Mexico versus other places in the U.S.? Or do you think people are relatively the same everywhere and you kind of just find people that you connect with? Yeah, it just depends on who you connect with. It's I feel like... The community that I have in Ireland, as opposed to the community I have here, I feel like they would probably both mesh pretty well. Yeah. Just people who are kind of my speed. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in Spain, and he was saying that one thing that he noticed from moving from America to Spain was how there most definitely is an American hustle, an American drive an American work ethic that is maybe not so present in Europe. Maybe Mm. it's a little bit more relaxed and people care about having time off and it's not so work and like grind focused. Have you experienced that at all? I feel like, or do you see that? I feel like I see, maybe I just haven't spent enough time there and worked Enough, like, when I was in Ireland. I worked when I was in London, but I don't know, maybe, like, d- the demeanor of, like, the workforce in America is a bit more, like, ugh, like, tired. <laughs> just eye roll. Yeah, because I feel like everyone's just, like, it seems like everyone just has to work so hard just to live in America. Yeah. So everyone's just, like, weary. And yeah. you see that, at least in customer service, retail sort of environments. But also I feel like, the ex- at least where I'm from, the expectation of the customer is really high. Is that an American thing, do you think? I don't know. I've, I, maybe there's just like so many options. Maybe the retail space in America is just so much bigger. Yeah. There's a lot more corporations, so people are like bogged down by working for like the corporations. The man. Yeah. The man sucks. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about bottom dollar here it's all about profits and so one way to ensure that you're not leaking any profits is to make sure you're enacting policies to where the customer always feels accommodated always feels listened to always feels right 
Yeah. And employees must adhere to those policies or else. Yeah. Let's get the next one in. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've also just been here long enough that I'm just, it's just been very normalized for me. The environment that I live in. How long have you been in New Mexico? 2023. So I moved here August or sorry, July 2014. Oh, okay. That's a little bit so, longer yeah. than I thought. Yeah. Coming up on 10 years next year. Dang. Yeah. We, we would, Courtney and I would like to move back to London at some point when the kids are like in school. So there would be no worries about like childcare. They would just be in school mm. um, just because we really loved it there. And it's not even like a, a thing of there's things to do because there's, there's so much to do in London, but there's also so much to do here. You just have to find stuff to do. Yeah. Find stuff that you like and it's there. People are always like, oh, there's no scene in Albuquerque. It's like, well, what scene are you looking for? Go find it. And if it's not here, then create it. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people here. To right. <laughs> people people have said to me that like the music scene in like Austin is like humongous. And you come here and there's yeah. like no no nightlife. And I'm like, but there is. I feel like I, s- I have friends who like will post stories and they'll be at like, I don't know what the place is, Berkeley House? I don't know, but I feel like I, I always see people posting like at live music events. Seems like there's always stuff happening. Well, maybe it just depends on the genre you're looking for. I don't know. I don't know of any like jazz bars in Albuquerque, I guess. No, I would actually probably agree that other cities have better scenes. Sure. Um, I think not that New Mexico doesn't have scenes. I just think it's about 10 to 15 years behind other mm. cities and it's not to say that there can't be a comedy scene here or a music scene here or a nightlife scene here but i think we just have a few more years of i guess and, and when you're comparing it to other cities uh yeah it looks a little flimsy here but that's not stopping people from creating that here i mean there's yeah. plenty there's just as much I don't know, maybe not just as much, but there's plenty of opportunity here to make it what you want to be, mm-hmm. right? Make the city a place you want it to be. I feel like I said that on the Stamina podcast as well, where I was like, in like a decade, this city I'm sure will be like really popping. Yeah. Because of all the stuff that's happening. Film stuff. Right. Obviously more pertaining to what I'm involved in, but. Right. As long as the economy can continually grow Mm. here with yeah the film industry and businesses moving to albuquerque and i mean just new mexico at large and yeah it 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 can be and that's not not to say that it's not right now but it could be even more prosperous well i mean like what's our because isn't where's where's facebook is facebook not in like los lunas or something like that yeah and then amazon's got that huge facility yeah, I mean, and then there's Intel, there's the yeah. labs, there's, I mean, UNM is a big employer. Yeah. Uh, there are businesses that hire lots of people here, but it, it, it will involve continual growth in, in the economy here. Yeah. And one way to contribute to that is to stay here and mm-hmm. participate in that. Yeah. And that's kind of where my dilemma is, is do I bail? Do I jump ship and move somewhere where the comedy is, or I'm sorry, the economy is already booming Mm. or do I try to create it here where I do have roots? I do have connections. I do have property, right? So it would be in my best interest to 
improve <laughs> the overall. Not to say that I yeah. have so much like that much power because I'm such a small blip in you even are. New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think little bits add up, and the stronger the economy is in New Mexico, we all benefit. Right? Yeah, and that's I mean that's what we were talking about before we got on the podcast. That's why I'm like, if we were to buy another house, like renting our house at this time in Albuquerque would be great. Yeah. Because I just feel like there would be tenants galore. People flocking to get a house. That's, okay, so that's Emily and I's, we've been having a lot of conversations, you know, since we've had all this time off together. Mm -hmm. Um, Good conversations, but also kind of, what do we do? What do we, where do we go from here? What is this next season? What does this next chapter of our life look like? Mm -hmm. And we were kind of flirting with the idea of moving, but then we were just looking at it logistically. Okay. What does that look like within the city or out of the city, out of the city, out of the city, out of the state, out of the the state. Yeah. Uh We were thinking, we were talking about moving to Nashville. Sure. Moving to Tennessee. Um, just because my sister was talking about wanting to move back there and mm-hmm. Emily's sister lives out there and we do have connections and friends and um, potential reasons to mm-hmm. move out there. But we were just looking at it practically, stepping back, observing our restlessness, and we have decided, okay, that's a good long-term plan, mm. but at least... I guess our overall goal is before we think about moving anywhere, we should pay off this house. Sure. And I think that that would be a wise decision because then once this house is paid off, we have so much more flexibility and freedom to go try out different places. And if it doesn't work, we just come back here. Yeah. And we could just rent this house out. Yeah. Looking at this estimate, Zillow estimate. This is a, this is as central Albuquerque as it gets. Mm -hmm. And we could, yeah, we could rent it out to somebody. And if we did it furnished, we could make even more Airbnb. There's a bunch of options. Yeah. But if we could just sprint and strive towards paying this house off as fast as possible. And once Emily goes back to work, that'll be a lot more. Oh, she's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Once the, once the kids, once Ira's in preschool, Mm. Once both kids are in school, then Emily's going to work towards becoming a teacher. Oh, or fun. I'm sorry, a librarian at a oh, at a at a school. Um I applied to be a librarian not too long ago. How'd that work out? Didn't get it. Why is that? I <laughs> so I didn't I also didn't pursue it really. Yeah. All I did was submit my resume, but then I actually came into contact with someone who was a librarian and had a lot of contacts. And she was like, Hey, here's this number Call this person. Oh, I never did. You didn't call. No. Okay. So you weren't that serious about it. Well, I was just cause like, (laughs) I don't know. I just like whole fits, you know? Sure. But also for my situation, I should stay in retail because, because it's much easier to be like, Hey, like the other day I did a callback at whole fits Oh, for acting. Yeah, okay. I had an audition, sure. and then I got a call back, and then I did it at no, Whole Foods because I was just like, "Hey, you guys good if I I have this appointment at this time? You guys good if I go do it?" Like, yeah, yeah. 
there is flexibility. Yeah, there's flexibility just to like dip. Like, hey, I'm not going to be at work tomorrow. Hey, I'm going to go to Ireland for a week. Yeah, I'm going to go to Ireland for a week. How do they feel about that? I just used sick PTO. Oh. Yeah. I haven't utilized that. How do you do that? You just... So I went and talked to like the HR person and she was like, oh, you can like take a leave of absence, like that 30 day absence. Apparently you get to use that every year. So I was like, oh no, I'm probably going to use that in summer because <laughs> we're going to go out to Ireland in summer for like a month. Yeah. And sh- so I was like, what else could I do? She was like, well, you just use your sick PTO then because you get like 60 hours or something like that of sick PTO per year. So that's a new New Mexico <laughs> policy. Is that true? So it's weird because you actually end up using your personal PTO but it's designated a different way so that you can just mm. like on the drop of a dime, just go. Okay. So like, you know, the way you like, you put in PTO for like time coming up, but sure. like if you just have to be gone, like unexpectedly, you can just use your sick PTO. Okay. But it's, it's taken from the same pool. Okay. Which is dumb. Cause I'm like, so I'm not really using sick PTO. I'm actually using my own PTO, but you could just use it immediately without any consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I just use that. Um, apparently I didn't use it correctly, so I still got one absence, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but uh, you're I'll allowed s- to have, I mean, yeah, you're allowed to have absences. Yeah. Whereas like in, in retail. Yeah. Whereas like in a city job, like a librarian, you can't just like be like, Hey, I'm not going to come to work tomorrow because I'm going to be on a movie set. Right. At the end of the day, it's relatively low stakes. At yeah. The, at the grocery store. Exactly. Exactly. But also you can still, I think. When I looked at like what a librarian makes versus what I make now, I actually make more now than I would make as a librarian. Yeah, I've been scrolling through Indeed, just getting their weekly or mm-hmm. almost daily emails. Yeah, me all too. the jobs posting in Albuquerque. And I guess with my credentials and my qualifications, um, it's like I, I, I don't have a bachelor's degree. Mm. And in order for me to, I feel, reach the next threshold of making more income you kind of have to have a bachelor's degree but for having an associate's degree and looking at all the other jobs and how much they're paying it's like yeah i'm making probably more money in this position than i would starting off at other like yeah jobs Mm -hmm. that start you off at bottom pay but um yeah like you were saying earlier for for the work that I do and for the flexibility I have, um, it's it's not a it's not a bad spot, to right? Be in. Yeah, and I think when I applied for the lab, like a librarian position, I f- I had to have a degree. It was like minimum requirements, yeah. bachelor's. So, I met all the requ- requirements, but I just didn't have an in, and it's just didn't, really didn't want to give that phone call. No, I I I still have it. I'm pretty sure I still have the number to call if I want <laughs> to, but I just yeah. It's there when you need it. Yeah. Not that not to say that I would get it if I called this person, but I feel like my chances would be pretty high given what I heard. But you're, you're a charismatic person. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I can get you. away with things. Yeah. Yeah. But also like it another reason why I didn't pursue it is just because it's so hard to motivate myself to care for some for a job that's not mm. being an actor. Actor, yeah. Yeah, I just I've gone through periods of just like obviously hating Whole Foods um, and then seeking employment elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to, again, motivate myself to look for employment elsewhere when it's just not what I'm interested in at all. And yeah. I would maybe do like, I would do like crew work and stuff like that. But also it's just like, that's sporadic and it's not consistent. Whereas right now I've got a family. Yeah. 
having a job with benefits is good. So I've also heard that that shit's hard to do. Like it's a grind to be a crew member or working on set. Yeah. And yeah, it's probably not as glamorous as it is in my head, Mm. but there is like the attractive aspect of having a consistent paycheck and having a consistent for me schedule Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, benefits for me, healthcare and like 30% off my groceries, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, I'm not in any sort of, I desire to look for other jobs and I probably will always keep that feed. Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Keep my eye on out for it, but um, I'm not like trying to get out as fast as possible. Right. Um, it when the time comes, honestly, I'm trying to. I mean, talking about trying to put all my effort and momentum into one thing. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I would. I'm trying very hard to be consistent and to work hard at this to make this lucrative. Mm. To where at some point in the future, this could this could just be my sole thing. Yeah, hiding uh, that podcast behind a paywall. <laughs> that was me experimenting but that rest assured everything is free right now oh, yeah, and yeah. it's available on spotify and mm. there's no uh, paywalls right <laughs> but at one point in the future there might just be a patreon or a hey if you subscribe for like a dollar a month mm. then you can listen to it ad free if not you can still listen to it but there's just going to be ads yeah. that are very easy to skip um it's it's possible there's there's a lot of tools out there for creators, whether that's on YouTube or Anchor or Spotify, Patreon. There's a whole host of creative ways to make money. The hard part is creating a, a successful podcast with, mm. with an audience. Like mm-hmm. building that is what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. And so that's what you're a part of right now. Yeah. It's me trying to get got out there. Got any glamorous guests coming up? Um, glamorous is probably not the right word, but I have mm. guests that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, but I'm still in this season of trial and error yeah. and testing things out. And so I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to like reach out to serious, mm-hmm. uh, harder to obtain guests because I kind of still need to iron out all the wrinkles. Yeah. Um, so I'm still just having people that are close to me that I care about that I genuinely want to have conversations with. Um, my brother-in-law Hudson is Mm -hmm. going to be next week. Um, I have a friend, Justin, who's after him, uh, friend James that I need to schedule, but then I'm going to have my brother Josh on again. Um, and then. I feel like once I do this for a season of having people that are relatively close to me on, then I'll start kind of reaching out to people that maybe I feel like are a little bit above me, but they can see my portfolio, mm. see my, my process. I, I I mean, I'll have a system in place. It'll, yeah. it'll look legitimate. Um, this is pretty nice. What do you think? For like just an environment to walk into and just be comfortable sitting and just have a chat. How's that chair? It's great. I actually really like these chairs a lot. Yeah? It's not too uncomfortable? No. How the hell? Who just told you that this chair is uncomfortable? 
No, is this I your just, own anxiety? No, no, no. Oh, well, maybe a little bit, but sure. this one's just a little higher up, and mm. that one's a little lower to the ground. Um, and I just want people to be comfortable yeah. in the chair, you know? I mean, I'm really settled in this chair. Chilling? Oh, yeah, chilling. Yeah. I, I could sit up, but... Feel free to, yeah. Oh no, I, I don't okay, need to. Good. I feel great. Okay, I won't. I won't bother you. Then. But I'm also like, who? Who are the big people in New? Like, the only person that comes to mind right off the bat for recency bias is you know John Jones. <laughs> I didn't watch. What What happened with him recently? Re- crazy. What happened? Just like three year hiatus. Didn't fight for three years. Came back in. Fought for the heavyweight title. Smoked the guy. Smoked him. Smoked him. Smoked him. I saw that he finished him recently. In, finished him in two minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, two minutes. Yeah, that's that's just good. like rocked up heavyweight title. It's mine, dude. He's the greatest. He's an Albuquerque icon, huh? Well, I yeah, I I, I want to think of who's got a bigger platform than him in the city. Holly Holmes. I don't know. Is it home or Holmes? home? Home. Home. Okay. I feel like John Jones is. Well, he's because well, nah, she's bo- she's born and raised here, I guess. But he's just fighting out of Albuquerque. Is well, this right? is where he lives now. Like he, but I think okay. he. I don't know if he's from New York or what it is, but I know that he's been in Albuquerque for like a lot, like a pretty much the majority, if not all, of his like UFC career. He's been based out of here, hmm. so this is just where he lives now. He's got like he talked about it after the fact. He's got this thing called the Care Project. Where they do just a lot of like community outreach stuff in Albuquerque, which is really cool. That's cool that he's investing into yeah. New Mexico. Yeah, I know that he's done like, um, like gift drives and stuff like that for Christmas. Yeah, I don't know what other like charitable organizations are working locally. Um, yeah, but it's cool that having that platform. That's what he's doing. I would be. I would feel so insecure. <laughs> He'd be pretty big in this chair. Maybe this chair would be too small for him. I'll upgrade for for him. Yeah. Um, Definitely needs a king size. That guy (laughs) definitely needs a king size bed. King size chair. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the long term goal. Mm -hmm. Um, That's years off. I don't plan on having, I guess, national or global. You got the governor in this chair, no? No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But what about in 10 years? Yeah. If think about this. If I was consistent You'll be in Nashville. No, I'll be here. Maybe I won't. I'll be here. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to be here. I, okay. I I will be here cuz New Mexico will always be my home base. Mm. And I do have the ability to talk to anybody anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Cuz I could just do Oh yeah. virtual. Mm-hmm. But I do plan on making New Mexico my home base. Mm-hmm. Um but if I had the discipline to set up a system to where I can record one podcast a week. What would that look like in five years? What would that look like in 10 years? I get, I don't know how that looks. What, how do you like optimize what you've already got? I feel like what you've got is good. I think if I strive to, at least by 1%, try to make each episode better than the last. Mm. Every new episode better than the one before it. Constantly be learning and refining and course correcting too. 
because obviously I'm not just going to be talking about video games for 10 years. Sure. Um, but I, it's, it's nice because I have the comfort, the comfort of working with cameras, with working with audio, Mm. um, getting into this new space of working on a podcast. And then it's just like challenging enough to keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if I'm always striving to put myself in conversations that are a little bit uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it, I think this is a good practice for me. And I believe that if I can do this once a week within reason for like three to five to seven to 10 years, I'll look back and be very thankful that I started this when I did. Cause obviously I'm not trying to have a perfect podcast 17 episodes in mm. that comes. I mean, there's podcasts out there that have 1700 episodes. Mm-hmm. Like look at Joe Rogan. How long has he been doing this? He's been doing this for 15 years. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. For, for, I mean, there's hundreds of podcasters that are on the thousands of episodes, but I'm sure they're not too concerned about their 18th episode or whatever. Sure. But also I feel like if you get to that point and then obviously his level of notoriety, I wonder maybe it's just so normal that it seems pretty lax when he does it. But I wonder if there's that like scrutiny on himself where it's like this episode has to be perfect. Like, Mm. are we doing this right? I just think the open dialogue environment is just pure and good, welcoming to a conversation. And if people want to listen, great. Yeah. I'll probably edit that part out if you don't mind. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I try not to manipulate this to the best of my ability. Mm. Sometimes I have to, but if people cough, maybe I'll put a cough button over there. You can put a cough button over there. That's optimizing the system if I ever heard it. Sure. 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to talk about? No, I feel like that's those are like the recent things. Obviously, the trip to Ireland was the most recent thing that I really did. And then just work. Yeah. Acting. Trying to get there. Yeah. How's that going? It's good. I mean, this is like... I've had more auditions recently and that's like this is the time frame in which it starts. Like last this time last year, probably more towards the end of March is when it started really ramping up in terms of the auditions that I was doing. Okay. Because all the shows are sh- like trying to like shoot in like s- spring, mid-spring, summer. So they're doing all of their casting like at this time. So. So would you say that the... New Mexico film industry is thriving. I would say so. Yeah. And I thought that, I mean, everything took a hit during COVID and I wondered how that would look here, but, mm-hmm. and I don't know what, like, cause I don't know if Paramount bought, like, has a, has a stage out with all the other ones, Albuquerque studios, but I know that like, I know that they're building. I know that, they're coming here like the bigger studios. Really? So. I mean, I, all I know is Netflix and NBC. Yeah. But are I'd, there others? I'd swear I heard something about Paramount coming as well, but I could be completely blowing smoke. But 
Yeah. It just, the whole time that I've been here, it's just been like steady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the majority of the auditions are being cast by like, there's only like two or three casting directors that I'm really auditioning with like a lot. But then I've talked to those people because they like will come to Whole Foods and they're like, yeah, we're pretty much getting all the work. Like it's being shared by, because off the top of my head, I'm thinking there's like five, maybe six like primary casting directors that I can think of. But I'm only really auditioning for two of them currently, but they seem to be like holding on to like most of the bigger content that's coming, which is fine. I mean, if, if they're getting the work, then I'm happy to be auditioning for just them, but I also know the rest of them, which is kind of fun. Yeah, nice to have those connections. Yeah. Um, I think we maybe talked about this a little bit on the last podcast we did, but mm. as far as what people are looking for or what casting directors are looking for, do you think that's more American-type roles, or do you think the fact that you're an Irishman has anything mm. to to do with that no it's yeah i've before the the end of last year i was there was this show that i was auditioning for i did like three separate auditions and two of them were for irish roles specifically oh okay which was really i mean i didn't get them which is tragic but it was fun to actually just do that audition my own accent but i feel like the past maybe two or three auditions that I've got recently. I think I just did my own accent. Kind of. So far, this most recent one that I did, it was just like one line Mm. and a lot of just like motion, like after the fact. So reactions kind of improvising, but the one actually spoken line, I just said in my accent because it was just something like, all right, here you go. Like that I, sounded I, American to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't really need to like do anything different to make that sound different. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's fun. I don't mind. I would love one of the reasons as well that it's appealing to move back to London because um, we love it there. But also, I'd love to see what the scene is like there, and if like being Northern Irish would be easier. Yeah, or if they would have me audition like English roles because it seems like. For the most part, if I watch like BBC shows, people are just doing their accents. You don't need it. Because like yeah. you, you could just be a Northern Irishman living in London. They don't need to like, you don't need to necessarily change your accent just because you're in a certain place. I feel like even with a lot of the new Netflix stuff that's coming out, a lot of it is from, it seems like one studio or one company out in know where it is exactly but Mm. there's like a lot of british productions popping up on netflix over here with like a similar cast and rotating like the people that did black mirror Mm. and like that whole like i see those same actors and a bunch of the new netflix stuff that's popping up um but yeah maybe there's not as much of a market to produce that stuff in new mexico Mm. i'm just spitballing i don't know i'm just wondering maybe but that means you're probably pretty good at american yeah i think so yeah i've gotten roles over americans so (laughs) yeah i would yeah i'm like 
I mean, if I watch myself back, I, I'm just like my biggest critic in terms of how I sound because I just feel like I hear maybe the mistakes that I think I, that I make that maybe other people wouldn't notice, but because I know how I sound. Yeah. And for the most part, when I've done things and people see me after the fact, they're like, oh, I didn't know you were Irish. I'm like, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. With this podcast, I'm not exact same way. I'm just so critical after the fact. Of listening back. You listen to the whole thing? Well, I have to in the editing process. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, to switch back and forth between the cameras. Mm. And uh, sometimes if there's a big lull or if I have to get up and turn off the heater or if we need a bathroom break, I'll have to go find that and stuff. So, mm. and I'm, I'll catch glimpses of me fumbling or flailing and I'm just like, oh, idiot you sound so stupid but i'm learning to overcome that that's, yeah. that's been the biggest hurdle it's just like the self-conscious aspect of like overcoming how many episodes have you done with guests so far one two three four five you're the sixth mm. full steam f- ahead though on yeah. The guests. yeah well i feel like you would be much more critical of yourself when it's just you yeah Yes, I, are there a lot? Of, are there a lot of podcasts out there where it's just one person, just yeah. like monologuing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, one of the biggest I feel like is Theo Vaughn. Uh, oh, he's, he's a solo. His he's a comedian. Uh, well, actually, I know he is. Yeah. Um, he started off mostly solo. Mm. I kind of hopped on his page a, a while back, and it looks like now he has a bunch of guests on. But mm-hmm. when he initially started. It was just him. I think he was just hit and record. And then there's sometimes 30 seconds would go by just dead air. And you're checking your phone. And you're like, what is it? Is it still playing? Oh, okay. He's just thinking or processing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but people really resonated with him. And so many people. I mean, that's just one example, but there was a lot of podcasts of, I guess, mostly comedians, mm. at least the ones that I was focusing on. But then there's this other genre of uh, single person podcasts, somebody like Andrew Huberman, whereas his podcast is very much produced and um, scripted. And he's, I mean, he's been preparing for this all week mm. and then he's recording it and then editing it and manipulating it and stuff. So um, it is a, a pretty common practice to do a podcast by yourself. Uh, but one thing I was saying last week is that I'm kind of hitting a wall with the solo episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only so much I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just having somebody else keeps the energy up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and not to say I'll never do, uh, I'll do, I'll do solo podcasts in the future again. But I think for right now, I really, I need to focus on, on having guests sure. on. I think, yeah, obviously I, I think guests are maybe more, it's more interesting when there's like two voices, I think. But yeah. I mean, even for your current situation, I feel like it would be cool to like be at work, be back into that life. And then just like recap how it's been for you on like a solo podcast. But yeah. also that could be like 
you just chat about that one thing for like 10 minutes and then you're done and then you're like oh <laughs> there's somebody else here yeah it's been 10 minutes and there's no one else to talk to <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean maybe yeah maybe i just need to shorten them because i was trying mm. to stretch them out for close to 45 minutes to an hour sure but i don't feel like i could do it yeah it's tough yeah yeah you have to know what you want to talk about mm -hmm. otherwise you hit the 15 20 minute mark and you're like oh shit. Um, but so. i can even tell just based off my analytics that's about people's retention rate it's for the long form podcasts, it's about fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Average with the solo ones. I think just in general. In general, sure. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not across the board for all podcasts. That's probably just my very specific audience right now. Yeah. So I'm I'm constantly trying to figure out how to extend that a little bit. Yeah. And I think having guests on actually does extend that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but then whenever I'm posting the short form content, like the shorts and the reels and the 60 seconds or less mm -hmm. type of videos, the retention rate is about 19 seconds on average. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if I post, that's why you want to try to aim as close to 20 seconds as possible because mm -hmm. then you're getting... 100% retention rate as opposed right. to if you post a 40 second clip, you're only getting 50%. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's all just audience based as well. Because I feel like I really don't listen to that many podcasts at all. Like I, I'll tune in to Joe Rogan's podcast, not the whole thing, but like if he posts clips, yeah, like just short ones, I'll mostly just like listen to the ones where he's like got a fighter on. Yeah. I just, cause a lot of the stuff he does, I'm just really not interested in. Yeah. Um, but when he has fighters on, which I'm pretty interested in MMA, when he has them on, it's just really captivating. Especially if they're like, I love when they talk about their process. And I love all of like, like I watched all the build up to this most recent fight card with John Jones on it. And just mm -hmm. like watching the athletes like process of like getting ready, like what fight week looks like as opposed to like fight camp, how much training they're doing, they're tapering off. Because like, I'm, no, I'm not a high performance athlete by any means. But when I did the marathon, like, I somewhat followed like a training regime where I was like running a lot. And then like the last two weeks I like tapered off and then I can't imagine what that would look like as a professional athlete and that space where you're yeah. like tapering off, but also you're doing all this media in the buildup to promote yeah. what you're about to do. A lot of other aspects. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he, John Jones even did his own, like he created his own meet and greet that he did during fight week. And I'm like, that's crazy on top of like all your other media obligations you're like adding this thing that's just taken away from your time when you should be dialed in for yeah. this really serious thing where you're gonna go get punched in the face <laughs> it's so crazy like i have so much respect for those fighters because it's just such high risk yeah but he's still good yeah he crushes it do you have any desire is it just interesting to you to watch from afar or does that like inspire you? Well, I, like it just depends on who, who you talk to. Like I'll talk, I'll mess with Courtney's mom because Courtney's mom is just not interested in fighting at all. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, did you catch that fight at the weekend? <laughs> She'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> just because there's obviously that majority group, which is just like, oh, it's all blood and guts. And it's just barbaric, all that sort of stuff. But mm. I feel like, especially with John Jones, who I feel like over his 
MMA career has taken so little damage. Yeah. And is just like so technical with how he fights. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's an art form. Yeah, because it's not like... Because there are those fighters who are literally just like bar fight kind of like tough guy. Mm. They'll go in there and they're just like there for a slugfest, which is entertaining, but <laughs> yeah. it's fun to watch. But then when you watch someone like John Jones fight and it's just like so creative and so systematic and mm. everything is like measured, but there's also like there's discipline, but there's also creativity within that discipline. So he's like staying safe, but he's also like prodding in so many different environments. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to watch. That's why, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love it when, like, a good slugfest comes on and you're just, (laughs) like, up and you're cheering. You're just, like, captivated by what's happening. But when you're watching someone just at such a high level compete, you're just, like, good grief. Like, how the heck is he doing this, he or she? Right. I mean, those, I mean, I like watching the girls fight just as much as the guys. Well, because, so Valentina Shevchenko just fought this weekend as well. She lost her title, which was crazy because she's been such a dominant champion, but also, like, she's, like, such a high-level martial artist as well, where it's just, like, it's just a pleasure to get to watch these people who are so gifted do what they do. And I know what, uh, primarily what they're doing is, like, trying to separate this other person from consciousness, but also it's, like, there's so many different ways to do that. Yeah. And it's also very controlled. Have you ever thought about doing any sort of, or have you ever done any sort of MMA or jiu-jitsu? I've, or I've wanted like to train. And all, there's there's people who come in from like the Gracie Bar gyms all the right, time. And yeah. they're also just like, come on over. Seriously, yeah. Every time they're like, come on over. And they're like, yeah, just come in for a week. Yeah. And then if you like it, great. You can come and like, you can stay and we can talk about memberships, but just try it out for a week. Yeah. And it's very much just that space where it's like, they will let you come for a week, pretty much, I think, free of charge. I don't know if there's like a gym fee for that, but that's seemingly what they're saying is like, come and try it for a week. If you right. don't like it, then don't come back. But also, yeah. if you do like it, let's talk. Yeah, I think I've it's important. invited to a handful. Yeah. Like people of, maybe not people that, or just people that are attending. It's just, hey, yeah, you should come. There's a very welcoming environment. Yeah, they're so excited. And I've thought about it many times and I want to. Yeah. I really do want to at yeah. some point, and I will at some point. Right now, not right now. <laughs> well, also just like the longevity of, especially jujitsu. Like it's, I've seen people who are like in their fifties, sixties, who are just like, oh yeah, jujitsu is great. Yeah, great for my flexibility. Like people say that jujitsu is not actually a great like real world, like defensive like situation. Like if you get into a fight, jujitsu is not really going to help you too much which I don't really know if that's true, but that's at least what I've been hearing from people who actually do it. But just a great way to stay active. Yeah. And it's like people can do yoga when they're older, but also it seems like people are doing jujitsu when they're older and mm-hmm. they're enjoying it just as much and they're having just as much like invigoration as they would feel as if they're doing yoga. I don't know. Yeah. I've been watching a few random Russell Brand videos and he he'd started when he was 40. Yeah. And... He's now worked his way up to a purple belt. I know people like Anthony Bourdain started in their yeah. like later fifties or something like that and got black belts and stuff. Yeah. So it's cool that there's not, you don't have to do it when you're at your theoretical peak. Right. Of, well, I, you know, youth. I think like Wiz Khalifa. Right. Got yeah. like really. And like, I don't know if he just does jujitsu, but like he was, as far as I remember, just like watching him, like when he first started emerging. Yeah. He was like, just this like, skinny little guy yeah <laughs> and now he's like fully he's like shredded. friggin shredded and he's like yeah. really just like into mma 
I don't yeah. even know how old he is. I was Whether thinking he would, like, about, I don't know how old he is, no. Yeah. But like maybe that's something I can do with the boys once they're, you know, yeah, young teenagers or something sure. that we could do father and son's jujitsu together or something yeah. where it's like, we're all beginners, all mm-hmm. three of us, but is there a place that would welcome fathers and sons simultaneously? Yeah, we could probably, depending on the level you get to. Yeah. But also like, even if they don't compete, like you might not even want your kid to compete in like a combat sport in that way. But like, I grew up playing rugby. Yeah. And I, thank God, like didn't get, badly injured ever wrecked yeah um i only knew it like growing up schoolboy rugby i only knew like a few guys who got like pretty badly hurt and then handful of concussions here and there but like if you just grew up and your kids are just doing like jujitsu or something like that i feel like the risk is pretty low because you're not trying to break someone's arm or snap their neck or something like that yeah but like it's all about submission i feel like people tap really early in jujitsu especially when they're competing yeah so it's very controlled and I mean, I feel like you can maybe like tear something, but that's just, if your body just, it's usually like self-inflicted, I would assume. Yeah. Rather than the actual you person. Testing like, your limits. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Well, in theory, Emily is going to be back in two minutes. Mm. So I wanted to quickly do these last two segments. Yeah. If you'd humor me. Yeah. Okay. Segment one called lows and highs. Mm. What was the lowest part of your week? And then what was the highest part of your week? This week? Yeah, this last week. I guess the girls being sick. Mm. It just really takes an emotional toll on Courtney. Which is really sad because then like all my girls are sad. And then do you get sad when your girls are sad? I just kind of get on with it. Like Henderson's, you know, I just get on (laughs) with it. Um, Yeah, I just kind of. Go on with yeah. what's going on. I just As you roll must. with the punches, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's sad to watch my kids be sick and sad, and then that in turn makes my wife sad because she's their mother. She's yeah. most affected by that. Um, hi, yeah. Getting a callback is always fun. Mm. Doing the callbacks good. <clears throat> I was really excited about these fights this weekend. And they were just as captivating as I thought they would be. That's good. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. When things really meet your expectations, if not exceed. That's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then last segment. I'm trying to add value to these podcasts Mm. for people that, I mean, people don't want to listen to anything that they're not going to potentially obtain or learn something or enrich themselves. Sure. So, I like to end the podcast with a way for the listeners and the audience to level up. Mm -hmm. So what is one or two, but one or two practices that you implement on a daily or weekly basis that you believe have helped you promote your own well-being or um, cause like balance to your life? Um, what is something that you implement regularly that you could maybe inspire others to adopt? I'm a big proprietor of exercise. So mm. prior to going to Northern Ireland and obviously the weather's been bad, I hadn't been riding my bike as much, but 
this week I did ride my bike to work a few times and it's just great. Yeah. I'm not encouraging like if people want to cycle to work, great, do that, please. But more so just about like getting outside. Yeah. Exercising, breathing. Went for a few walks with the girls as well, like getting people out of the house. Just get out of the house. Mm. And then for for me, I just really like that. Obviously the cycling is fun, but also like sitting down with some time to myself, decompressing. For me, decompressing can just be like sitting on my phone, giving myself a little bit of time just to zone out. Yeah. Being a father, being a parent, that's really important. And you should give yourself space to do that. Yeah. Playing my PlayStation. Still playing God of War. Haven't finished it yet. Dang. Yeah. <sighs> Limited time. For me, those things are important. Just like exercising. Just because I like to, I felt like, I felt just like, blah. After having not really exercised for a while. So I just think yeah. it's important. It makes me feel better. But then also just like sitting down and just zoning out for a while. Yeah. Spending time with the kids is obviously so fun. And if you have kids, spend time with them. Yeah. Even if they're sick, they still will be overly active. We both said as we're not <coughs> spending time with our kids. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Uh, okay, cool. That's that's about it. Yeah, I think yeah. we're good. You feel good? I feel great. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a camera on you right now. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Does it that's hurt? okay. That's okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. I don't have to have the cameras on me all the time. Most of my audience has not made it this far so yeah (laughs) um okay great well thank you for joining me always good always we're the conversation always flows yeah so well you're a great conversationalist thank you and i applaud you thank you not many people i think are as skilled maybe that journalism degree served you well after all i felt nothing from that journalism degree (laughs) But it, thank it, you. It contributed the to communication your overall. Degree. Yeah, you know, you're a well balanced person. Yeah. Uh, okay, and thank you all, you all for listening and use. Thank, thank you for listening. Much love and much peace. That's it. The end. <laughs>